I can remember one of the very first times that I took Holy Communion. It actually may have been the first time I took Holy Communion. I'm not sure about that, but it's certainly one of the very first times. And it's the, I think it's the first time that I can remember actually receiving Holy Communion. I can remember mom telling me about how important the meal was, how important it was going to be that we did this the right way, how holy it was, how special it was, how it wasn't a time uh, to play around or to act silly, how it, was a, it wasn't like a regular snack time. Uh, in, in preschool, we ate graham crackers at lunch. Uh, this on our snack time, this, this was different. Uh, we weren't eating graham crackers, we were eating Jesus crackers, mother said. What a great way to put it, Jesus cra crackers, Jesus bread, Jesus food. That's how mother described it to me. What a great way to describe it to any child or to any adult for that matter, because that is what it is. Jesus sustenance, Jesus bread, Jesus wine. We receive nourishment in the sacrament. Yes, we do. Spiritual nourishment for our spiritual living. But more than that, we receive what we need. The sanctifying grace of God to move forward in our Christian lives. We receive not just physical nourishment and not just the spiritual nourishment for daily living right now, but we receive also that spiritual grace, the love of God, the presence of God, the power of God, that we need to move forward, to move beyond where we are right here and right now, to move beyond the, the day that we have here today into the day that God will give us tomorrow. If baptism is the outward and visible sign of God's prevenient and justifying grace. The grace of God that goes ahead of us to prepare the way for us and then forgives us when we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. If God's grace is manifested to us ahead of our doing anything and then comes to live within us when we say yes to the love of God, and this is typified, exemplified, outwardly described by our baptisms, then the sacrament of Holy Communion is the outward invisible sign of God's sanctifying grace. The grace of God that takes us and transforms us, takes us and changes us, takes us and improves us, takes us and makes us whole, takes us forward, takes us into the future that God has for us. There's an interesting way of talking about righteousness that Christians like to engage in. There's two important words that are often confused. I can remember being my, in a, a second semester class in theology and still getting it wrong. There's an easy way to think about it. The words are imputed and imparted righteousness. Now, imputed righteousness is when we are viewed as being as righteous as Jesus, even though we're not, Jesus' righteousness is imputed to us. And God looks at us and says, 
You may be the filthy, rotten sinner that you actually are, Greg, but I'm going to view you and consider you to be as righteous as Jesus. It's when you are considered, uh, judged, declared, proclaimed, not guilty. You may be guilty, but you are considered and treated as if you are just as righteous as Jesus. You may still sin. In fact, you do. You may still do things you shouldn't do. In fact, you do. You may say things you shouldn't say. In fact, you do. But you are considered to be just as righteous as Jesus. That's imputed righteousness. And that is what we have in prevenient grace. God's grace goes ahead of us goes before us, woos us, draws us, lures us, as some might say, into the relationship, into the situation, into the standing of knowing and experiencing for our first time the love of God. God's prevenient grace, God's before-going grace, woos us, calls us to come. God's prevenient grace says... I choose you. And you. And you. And you. Guess what? God's grace chooses him. And her. And her. Even though they're in the choir. (laughs) Sometimes especially because they're in the choir. Her. You. You and you and you and you and you. God's go before going grace, God's prevenient grace chooses even Joel back there and woos and calls us all to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then when we say yes, yes, God, I choose you in response, we have justifying grace. And in prevenient and justifying grace, we have God's imputed righteousness. When we say yes to the call God has for us, when we respond to God's yes to us with yes back to God, then God considers us by the merits of Christ to be just like Jesus. Oh, Craig, (laughs) We don't deserve that. We're a bunch of sinners. Yep. Greg, you don't deserve to be considered just like Jesus. You're a sinner. Yep. But because of God's grace and God's love, God imputes to us righteousness. But God doesn't stop there. Because God's grace isn't done working on us. If we live in God's grace and partake of the means of grace and live by faith and follow the calling of God and continue to step out in faith and live by faith and trust in God and trust in His love and partake of the means of grace, read our scriptures, pray, worship, sing praises to God, give and help others, partake of Holy Communion. If we partake of all the means of grace, then over time... God's imputed righteousness begins to become imparted to us. 
becomes a part of who we are. And we start discovering that those sins that we really liked doing before, we don't do as much of. Or don't even want to do them at all. And while we're still sinners and while we still stumble and fail, we discover not by any merit of our own, but by God's grace, we discover that the life of Christ within us, the presence of Jesus in our living, has so begun to work His way into our very being that we discover that we want to sin less and less. And while we're still sinners, God's sanctifying grace begins to work within us And as we continue to engage in the means of grace, we discover that that imputed righteousness starts to become part of us and becomes imparted righteousness. And we actually start in a very vague way, in a shadowy way, in a way that isn't consistent, that isn't permanent, that is fleeting, that sometimes is like trying to nail jello to the wall. It won't stay there. But for a while, it be there. We start to see and discover that God's grace becomes imparted into our lives when we partake of the means of grace. We shift from being imputed to being imparted. To having got Christ's grace imputed to us, to having Christ's grace imparted. Christ's righteousness imparted. Christ's love imparted. Christ's nature imparted. The presence of Christ imparted in us. And that's why we come to the table of the Lord. That's why we eat Jesus' bread and drink Jesus' juice, Jesus' wine. Because as this means of grace, when we do it, as my mother said, when you eat the Jesus crackers, Greg, you will know that Jesus loves you. And she was right. And it stuck with me. And even when I had dropped going to church from every week to once a month to once every few months to once a year or maybe twice a year at Christmas and Easter, like most kids do in high school and on into college. I still knew that it was a holy moment, a transforming moment, a moment that I didn't need to be afraid of, but a moment that if I partook of it honestly, would begin again to change me, would begin again to transform me, would begin again to change my life if only I would cooperate with it. But Greg, this is said to me a lot, but Greg, I'm not worthy to go to communion. I've had people tell me, Greg, I don't go to church on communion Sundays because I've been told that you've got to be worthy to eat the bread and drink the cup. You've got to be worthy. You've got to deserve it. You've got to earn the right to eat 
and drink. And usually that kind of makes me want to throw up a little bit in my mouth, all right? Because just the thought of being worthy is impossible. None of us are worthy to eat or drink. I'm not worthy to preside at Holy Communion. And none of us are worthy to eat and drink at the table of the Lord. Not a single one of us. From the holiest of us to the greatest sinner in our midst. That would be me. Is worthy to partake of the table of the Lord. Let's just blow that one right out now. Alright? Now usually that idea that you got to be worthy to receive of the table of the Lord in order to actually eat the bread and drink the cup comes from a misreading and mispreaching of a particular translation of the passage we had today in the letter to Paul to the first Corinthians. In the King James, it reads, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. And someone will say, Aha, you got to be worthy to receive of it. You see, it says unworthily. And if you're eating it unworthily, if you are unworthy, you should not eat of it. That's bad preaching, friends. It's also bad English. For worthily here is an adverb, not an adjective. It describes the action, not the actor. It describes what you're doing and the way you're doing it. Not who you are or your worth to receive or lack thereof. The NRSV renders it correctly. Whoever therefore eats and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and the blood of the Lord. Huh. So it's the way of partaking. It's how we receive. It's the action, not the actor. It's kind of like what my mother said. It's not a time to be silly. It's not a time to stand on the pew or on the altar rail as I did once as a kid and later as a pastor. I'll tell you that story some other time. It's not a time to go up to the altar rail and pick your nose, Greg. It's a time to be serious and focused. Recognize that this is Jesus' bread and wine. Hmm. Paul actually says this. For who shall eat and drink for all who eat and drink without discerning the body eat and drink judgment to themselves. Discerning the body. What does it mean to discern the body of Christ? It means recognizing several things. Firstly, that the elements of bread and wine have present in, our, in them and through them in our midst Jesus. The Corinthians were failing in this during communion. They would get together and have a great big potluck dinner. Except that they didn't share. It'd be like the group over here would bring filet mignon and fried chicken and roast beef and mashed potatoes and gravy and fried okra 
and corn on the cob and hot piping hot bread. And the group over here in the middle and the group over there on the far end, I'm sorry, but all you had is water and a slice of bread. And you had to sit there and watch these people over here chow down. And worse yet, in the early church, you also you could drink wine. And so they had lots of wine over here. You didn't have nothing but water. And they're getting drunk and getting stuffed on their steak and chicken and on their mashed potatoes and gravy and salad and bread. And they're getting drunk on the wine. And you, all you got is a slice of bread and some water. And by the time it comes together, comes to the table and you hear the words of Jesus about this is my body and this is my blood, these folk are so drunk they can't even get to the table to receive it and y'all have been left out. That was what was happening in the Corinthian church. Uh-huh. That's what was happening. And so they failed to discern in the very act here Jesus' presence in their midst. In the elements. They were abusing it. They were hoarding it to themselves and not sharing it with others. That's the first way that you fail to discern the body and the blood of the Lord at the table. If you fail to recognize that in this act you are receiving a fresh and anew the love of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the grace of Jesus. Secondly, if you fail to recognize in your sister and your brother the presence of Jesus, you folk over here, you were being ignored by the others. And yet Jesus is alive in you. And they weren't treating you as they should treat Jesus. You see? Meanwhile, us over here on this side, we might see Jesus in each other, but they're over there. And let them get their own. We're failing to do what Jesus calls us to do, which is to recognize in our sister and our brother the presence of Jesus. And thirdly, we're failing to reach out beyond here and share the love of God with all we meet by recognizing in the last and the least and the lost Christ Jesus our Lord. When you give a cup in His name, when you feed and clothe someone in the name of Christ, you're feeding and clothing Christ, He says. Discerning the body and the blood of the Lord, discerning the presence of Jesus is how we partake worthily. Discerning the presence of Jesus at the table, in the family of faith, and outside those doors, outside these walls. And that's what we're called to do. When I was a kid and mother took me forward for communion as a little child and reminded me as I was kneeling there at Walnut Hill Methodist Church, I was kneeling there and she says, now fold your hands and pray. And when the bread comes, take it and say amen. And when the cup comes, receive it and say amen. And eat and drink both and say amen. And know that Jesus loves you.
and nothing you could ever do would cause Jesus to not love you. And if you do that and focus on Christ and Christ's love for you, you are eating worthily because you're discerning the presence of Jesus. And then you will discern the presence of Jesus in your neighbor and in the stranger. As you come to the table of the Lord today, discern the presence of Jesus. Receive His love anew for you. Discern the presence of Jesus in your neighbor. Discern the presence of Jesus in the stranger. And give thanks and praise to God for the presence of Jesus that we have gathered here in our midst as we pray and as we sing, as we read scriptures, as we fellowship together, as we serve together, as we give, and as we partake of Holy Communion. May we discern the presence of Jesus. Give thanks and praise. And share that presence with others. Share the presence of Jesus with all. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And may God's people say, Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy upon you. Forgive all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep you in eternal life. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and grace. It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, 
to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you. And he gave it to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. As our Savior Christ has taught us, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The disciples knew the Lord Jesus in the breaking of the bread. And when we give thanks over the cup, we know the amazing grace, the love of Jesus Christ. Amen.